You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. Today, I have with me a new girlfriend, Shannon Brusher Shea. Shannon is devoted to telling authentic stories about green living and parenting. She has written the environmental parenting advice book, Growing Sustainable Together, Practical Resources for Raising Kind, Engaged, Resilient Children, and it releases today, the day that we're recording, so that's super, super exciting. She also writes the parenting blog, We'll Eat You Up, We Love You So, and is a long-standing environmental activist. In the past, she's biked from New York City to Washington, D.C. to raise money for climate change advocacy, led family community bike rides, and made poor decisions about letting her children touch the composter. (laughs) She lives in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. with her husband and her two kids. Shannon, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Yeah. Well, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? As you said, I have two kids. My kids are four years old and seven, although in the book I wrote about almost a year ago now, so their ages are different in the book. They are brilliant and amazing and very, very energetic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And all of the challenges and joys, of course, that go with that. In my day job, I'm a science writer. And then in my not so free time. I do environmental and social justice activism, as well as write my blog about how to raise kind kids and all of the different facets of that. I love it. Awesome. I am so excited to have recently discovered you because we recently moved to an acreage in rural Montana from the suburbs of Reno, Nevada. And we have spent the last couple of months building a chicken coop and putting in a raised bed garden and building a greenhouse. And I'm just getting ready to enter the world of composting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I, I feel like I can figure it out. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you have some guidance for me in, in some of your writings. So that's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. As you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that our listeners feel less alone in their imperfections. What not-so-fancy moments do you have to tell us about today? I'm a big advocate of bicycling and walking for transportation, especially with kids. In my book, I talk about all the advantages of them, including developing independence and meeting your neighbors and getting outside. And I talk a little bit about the challenges, but I don't go into it in depth. And I definitely don't tell this story. (laughs) When my kids were younger, we had a bike trailer, which is this canvas and wire contraption on wheels that hooks onto the back of your bike. It's like a little tiny car that goes on the back of your bike. And you stick your kids in it and you, you know, strap them in just like you would a car seat. And then you can pull them around. Some kids really love it. Some kids not so much because you can't see very well. And My older son, when he was really little, didn't like it very much, but then he grew to like it. My younger son was different. And so we decided to go to the grocery store. Grocery store is only like a half mile from our house. It's a really easy bike ride. And this is the second time that I'd put both kids in the trailer. The first time, it was okay. So we get in getting stuff ready to go. The bike's attached to my trailer. And my younger son is in the trailer. He was about one at this point. And my older son was four. He was super jazzed that he was going to be in there with my younger son. It was all very exciting to him. And he starts touching my bike and just like poking at it. And I stop touching the bike. You're gonna knock it over. Poking him more. 
stop touching the bike. You're going to knock it over. Poking it more. So then he walks away. And as soon as he walks away, crash. The bike no. goes over. Thankfully, the trailer doesn't go anywhere. But I swear, my one-year-old was giving oh, me goodness. the stink eye from inside the trailer. Like, are you serious? You're going to drag me around in this thing? You've You're letting this thing. happen to me. I'm going to go topsy-turvy any minute. Oh, my God. Right, exactly. So we bike over there. And I'm like, my younger son was in a biting phase. So I'm like, oh, no. Are they going to be poking each other, biting each other? It's suspiciously quiet. No, it's not quiet enough. You know, all those sorts of things that you get when you can't see what your kids are doing especially oh at gosh. those ages. So we get there. It's fine. I lock up my bike at the store. Just look away for a minute. Both the kids are out of the trailer. And as soon as I turn around, my one-year-old has picked up a cigarette butt and is probably <gasps> about to put it in his mouth. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so I slap it out of his hand. And then, of course, he like dives for it. The first thing he sees, which is a pointy stick, because of course it has to be pointy, about as tall as he is. And I'm like, no, stop it. Put that down, too. So we get everything hooked up. We go to the grocery store. We going to the grocery store is always somewhat hellish with small children. Mm-hmm. They're falling <laughs> out of the cart and grabbing at things and saying, "No, I don't have to go potty. I have to go potty." You know. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "Great, my cart's half full." And- yeah, exactly. And then at the same time, I'm also doing the mental calculation of can I fit this all in the trailer? Totally. Because the food would go in the back. And I'm like, I don't want to buy too much and then like not know how to do it. So I'm doing, doing all this mental calculation at the same time. <laughs> so we get it out, we put it all away. And then my younger son realizes that he has to go back in the trailer. And he starts screaming like mm. a banshee and the <laughs> arms flailing and the, I don't want to go. You know, I mean, he wasn't saying this, but he, it was very obvious. I don't want to go in. And so strapping him in and people understand getting kids in the car seat. But for some reason with the bike, it felt different. It felt like everybody is looking at me and it's like it's so open air. I mean, right, right. There's like no <laughs> privacy. And, and everybody was looking at me. I was over in like a quarter of the parking lot, but it was still like, oh no, people are going to think I'm kidnapping this child in the slowest way possible. <laughs> Your getaway vehicle sucks. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So we finally get in. He cries the whole way home. Um, oh, and it's fine. The longest half mile bike ride of your life. Exactly. I'm just like, oh my God. And there's a reason why I never put both of them in the trailer ever again. <laughs> we learn these things by living. It's just like when we bought a camper and my nine month old baby at the time cried her face off like the entire time we were camping. And I told my husband, I'm not going again. <laughs> we have to sell this camper. We did. Yeah, yeah. And around that age, he got really upset whenever you stopped at stoplights and stuff. So it was just, he did not like being stopped at these things. But the next year, his brother was big enough to be on on his own bike. And then we got used out of the trailer for another couple of years, just but only one kid at a time. You're like, you guys are not cooperating with my mission. Exactly. (laughs) You should be taking your kids on errands and bicycles. Yeah. And that's what I talk about that in my book about how sometimes it's frustrating and ridiculous. But at the same time, there's so much value in it. But it doesn't always go the way you want it to and almost never goes the way you expect it to. That's parenting in a nutshell, mm-hmm. no matter what you're trying to do. So you might as well incorporate the struggle with something meaningful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Tell me about your gardening and what your kids like to do while you're gardening. So in the past, I've, again, turned around to see my older son at the time stuffing rocks in his mouth. And I'm like, ah, he didn't <laughs> swallow any of them, thankfully. 
Why do kids do crazy things like that? Rocks taste and feel awful. It seems like after you put one rock in your mouth, you'd be like, no, I don't like the way this tastes and feels. I'm going to pull it out and never do that again. (laughs) One would think, but logical consequences sometimes don't always sink in the first time. Right now, my younger son is very into just using the hose. Water conservation be damned. He'll water the garden, water his shoes, water his pants, water his brother. And I'll be like, oh, your shoes are wet. How'd that happen? He's like, hmm, I didn't do it. Like, yes, it was that naughty hose. He's like, yes, it was the naughty hose. Like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. I love it. Tell me a little bit about what you've got going on at your house. We have a small garden, but then also sort of pieces of garden in other places in our yard. So we've got a main garden that's got tomatoes and peppers and basil and melons and beans. Uh, I think that's everything this year. And then we also have a couple of blueberry bushes. We just put in some strawberries and we've got mint, which you're not supposed to plant in the ground because it spreads. And I did anyway, not near my garden, but like where the other weeds are. Where the other weeds are. <laughs> and my kids will go out to the yard and just take mint and eat it. I'm like, does that taste good? Because mint by itself is kind of gross. And they're like, no, this is the best. I'm like, that's cool. Okay, please wash it. Because probably birds pooped on it. And we have a composter. And they know how to compost. And then you got to put, you know, newspaper, paper bags in with the food so it doesn't get too wet. We had a rain barrel and someone stole it. Like, who the hell steals a rain barrel? Kidding. How rude. Because our trailer... Sadly, got laid to rest. The straps literally broke off of it. It was so old because I left it outside. I just got a new cargo bike, which is super exciting. And I can carry both my kids in the back of it. I'm not good enough with it yet to stick both of them on. Will you send a link to a similar one so I can put it in the show notes? I don't even know what a cargo bike is. Yeah, absolutely. A cargo bike is a specialty bike built for carrying lots of stuff, whether it's people or things i've seen people carry christmas trees on cargo bikes what yeah exactly (laughs) like you look at this photo and you're like that is the size of the bike how do you do that but (laughs) mine's designed for kid hauling we did go for a ride yesterday around our neighborhood with my older son and his bike and my younger son on the back and he just thinks it's the best except the one thing that i'm going to have to learn to live with is well i told him if he does it again i'm gonna not let him ride but that's probably not true is he (laughs) decided to tell me he's like you just farted. Your farts stink. (laughs) (laughs) If you provide a running commentary about my butt, you're not allowed to ride with me. (laughs) Yeah, kids. Kids and their blunt statements. Holy cow. And of course, he thought it was the funniest thing ever. This is obviously (laughs) hilarious. Gosh, you know, it's so hard to train them, especially when you think what they've said is funny, you know, wrong, but funny. And you're trying so hard not to laugh. Like, you shouldn't do that anymore. (laughs) Have you ever seen the more modern Cheaper by the Dozen with Steve Mark? No, I never got around to seeing that one. It's a fun movie. And the oldest daughter has a boyfriend that the other kids don't like. They're in town for some reason. So he's staying the night and they soak his boxer shorts in meat. And then the next day, yeah, all the neighborhood dogs attack him or something. I'm probably getting it kind of wrong because it's been a while. But my favorite scene in the movie is Steve Martin has all of his kids lined up and he's trying to figure out who did it. And he's like, listen, kids, that was wrong. Funny, but wrong. (laughs) I feel like that line fits so much of what my kids do. It's like, I can't. I mean, I'm super amused. But the adult in me is like, don't do that anymore. (laughs) It doesn't help that my mom actually encourages some of it. Like, she taught him the bean song. Really? It's funny, but really? 
She is trying to sabotage your social grace lessons. Well, I think it's all the stuff that she thought would be funny to teach, but then she realized it was wrong, so she didn't teach me. But now she's the grandma, so she can. Mm. Uh-huh. She's like, I can do what I want. I do exactly right. what exactly. I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh. It's all very, you know, innocuous, though, thankfully. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of excited to be a grandparent. My my kids are 14 and 16, so hopefully it's going to be a long time. But just having all of the love and the adventures and the relationship without the responsibility is it sounds really awesome. <laughs> yeah. The other things in our house, uh, we have solar panels on our roof, which is super okay. exciting because we got a deal where basically we pay them for the electricity made by them, but we didn't have to buy the solar panels. They do all the upkeep. They own them. They're borrowing our roof which is very cool. And I've seen a lot of people in our neighborhood with them. And then we have just, you know, the normal kind of energy efficient things like energy efficient light bulbs and energy star washing machine and things like that. And we've talked to our kids about why we've chose these things and how it's going to save us money over the long term and how it saves energy. And so they're really Mm -hmm. nice life lessons about how do you buy things and how do you make those decisions when you're buying things that aren't just about environmental things, but also about responsible spending and thinking about the bigger picture. Do you have a trick that works to encourage your kids to turn lights off when they leave a room? Oh, God, no. (laughs) Okay. I was like, if you do. I sound like a 1950s dad. Money doesn't grow in trees, guys. If you turn the light on, turn it back uh-huh, off. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, my husband gets so frustrated with my kids, and I do too. But at the same time, I remember being a teenager and thinking, I really wish I could remember to turn the light off yeah. when I leave a room. I just can't. And it's, I mean, somehow as an adult, I figured out how to remember to do it. But as a kid, I remember thinking, I just wish I could train myself to do this. It's so frustrating. We had it be like their job to turn off the lights when they were little and that worked for a while. But then I guess just other things got in the way. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's, that's an interesting concept though. I like that. It's like, this is very important. This is a task that is up to you. That might make it seem more doable. Today's episode is brought to you by Beauty Bioscience. I am on week five of six of the R45, the reversal line of products through Beauty Bioscience. It is for rapid improvement of pore size, fine lines and wrinkles, skin discoloration, and uneven skin texture. I have noticed that my skin is looking healthier, my pores may be a little bit less defined, and an overall decrease in the uneven coloration of my skin. But I tell you what, you guys, this is amplifying now (laughs) the bags under my eyes. I think the rest of my skin's looking healthier. But of course, you don't put this kind of product around your eyes because it's a totally different kind of skin, more delicate. So now the next thing I'm going to be hunting for is a product to deal with the eye bags. I'm also using the Quench, which is a wonderful moisturizer that you put on twice a day while you're doing the R45, the reversal. Visit beautybio.com, check out all of their product lines, Give something a try yourself and make sure you use the coupon code FANCYFREE for 15% off of your entire cart. Go to beautybio.com to check them out. Okay, it's time to talk about life hacks. Do you have a life hack? Well, for parents at least. I don't know if it's useful for anybody else. (laughs) I'm really bad about making baby books and all that Pinterest stuff. I'm not crafty at all. I also have a really bad memory. And so I always worry that I'm going to forget this amazing thing my kid's done. So what I do is whenever my kids do something really cute or funny, I grab my phone and I put in the notes app just a couple words or a phrase or just a real short description of what they did. 
And it's really quick. It takes very little time out of the moment. And it helps me remember all the random things they say that are super cute, but I'm not going to remember two years from now, you know? Yeah. And then you can go back and look over the note and reminisce. Exactly. And And it's also really good for if your kid is pissing you off that day (laughs) to go back and look and think of something that makes you happy and that they did that was adorable and then be like, okay, and be able to reset yourself. I love that. Oh my gosh, that is a great life hack. And you're right. It takes no time. Okay. This is kind of an aside, but I'm just curious because you say you have a bad memory and I have a theory. Do you know about the Enneagram? Yes. And do you know what type you are? I've never done it. I usually don't fit well into those categories anyway. Every time I've taken Myers-Briggs, I've come up something different. Okay. (laughs) Well, the theory is that there are nine different basic personality types And this isn't the major component of the identifiers, but these are just little characteristics of them. That three are past-focused, three are future-focused, and three are present-focused. My husband is in one of the personalities that is future-focused, and he says he has a really bad memory too, and he does. I just wonder if people who say that they have a bad memory are in one of the three future-focused personality groups. Mm -hmm. You can't hold everything, right? So if you're always looking forward, I'm so grateful that my husband's looking forward because he anticipates things that we need to prepare for. I'm much more present focused. And so I do tend to have a better memory about things in the past. So just just an aside. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because I am very future focused. I'm the planner of the family. I would think so since you study and write what you do. Right, exactly. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too? I know a lot of people are looking for more things written by Black authors. And something that is one of my favorite books, period, is the science fiction fantasy trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, the Broken Earth trilogy. It deals with a lot of like big issues, but also is just like this amazing dystopia. And it has a middle-aged mom who's a pirate during part of it. So that's cool. What? That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. I will definitely link to that in the show notes. Okay, tell me about your love for The Good Place. Yeah, I love The Good Place. My husband and I were super addicted to it. And then we got to the last season of Netflix and the last one hasn't come out yet. And we're waiting. Oh, it's so hard to wait. Remind me of the premise of this show, because I think this is one that we watched the first episode of and I liked it. And my husband was like, "Ah, I don't think so. It's a super high concept show. So in the first episode, the characters show up and they realize they're dead. And they're told that they're in the good place, presumably heaven. And it's this very Main Street Disney looking town. And they all have these cute houses. And then they're assigned a soulmate. And the main character is this just ridiculous, over the top, kind of terrible person. She's not evil. She's just really, really selfish. And she just does stuff that you're like, that's an awful thing to do, you know? And so she realized she's like, I'm not supposed to be here what's wrong and she keeps being afraid that they're gonna find out that she's not supposed to be there and kick her out the first season kind of goes through her name's eleanor meeting these different people and her story of that and her soulmate is this philosophy professor and he's obsessed with making the moral decision And so his entire life was devoted to figuring out what's the right decision. And she's just like, oh my God, I'm such a horrible person compared to this person who's devoted his life to being a moral person. And then the other two main characters are this guy who you think at first is a Buddhist monk, but then you find out he's from like 
Jacksonville, Florida, and is sort of the male equivalent of Eleanor. And then this person who's like this very, very rich, famous philanthropist, and she's super snooty. And so it's the first season follows the four of them. And then the person who's in charge of it, who's the architect in the good place, and then the ending completely throws everything you knew about what was going on out the window. It's one of those shows that kind of does that every season. Like, nope, you thought it was going this way, but it's not. So nice. Okay. I'm going to force my husband to give it another try because we love having a show that we're binging together and we don't have one right now. It's really addictive. It's by the same people. If you ever watch Parks and Rec or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's the same people. Yeah, I love both of those. Maybe that'll help convince him because those are two of our favorites. It's advice time. Share the best piece of advice you've ever been given or you have ever come up with to give. I think to stop and listen to someone and ensure they actually want advice before giving it. Mm -hmm. So often people just want to be heard. They want somebody to listen to them. They don't actually care what your opinion is. That's really good. That's a good interpersonal communication nugget right there. And it's so essential for parenting, too, because so much of the time kids can solve their own problems if you let them. They might need some working through it or or guidance, but if you mainly just stand there and go, "Uh uh-huh, and ask questions and draw it out of them, that's a lot easier than being like, oh, you should go do that. You know, that reminds me of my favorite thing that I have ever said to my kids, and I don't say it very often because I don't want to wear it out. My favorite phrase for the teenage period, anyway, is tell me more. Mm, Yes. Because sometimes they drop these bombs on me and then they just change the subject. Like, oh, so-and-so told me that she had suicidal thoughts. And, and then they're like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, wait, tell me more. <laughs> because it's it's just very open-ended. And okay. if you can say it in kind of a calm, rational way, then they usually always have more to say. If you want to go right into solution mode or freak out mode, then it a lot of times will shut them down. Exactly. What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? Probably that I am a hardcore bicyclist, unless you saw me on my bike. Never been skinny. I'm pretty curvy, you know, mom bod these days. <laughs> and Sister solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> me too. And a lot of people think of bicyclists as, you know, the spandex middle-aged dude. There's a word for them in the biking community called the mammal, which is middle-aged man in lycra. That's what it is. <laughs> So despite that stereotype and the fact that, you know, sometimes those people aren't always the most welcoming to the biking community, biking really can be for everyone. And I love to do it. I don't get much of a chance to go on long rides these days because kids, but that's a fun thing. I've also done trapeze, which was pretty fun. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's cool. How exciting. There's a trapeze studio that's a break off of the one in New York that's in DC, and they offer trapeze classes. The benefits of living near a big city, you could do all kinds of crazy things. Exactly. I was terrible at it. And it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever done, but it was really cool. (laughs) That's amazing. Tell our listeners all of the places where they can find you and remind us again of the title of your book and a little more about that. Absolutely. The book is called Growing Sustainable Together, Practical Resources for Raising Kind, Engaged, Resilient Children. It's out with North Atlantic Books, but the distributor is actually Penguin Random House. So it's on Penguin Random House's website. And that links to all the places you can buy it, including Bookshop, which is for independent bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books Million, all those kinds of places. 
My website is we'll eat you up, we love you so.com, which is a reference to where the wild things are, which is my mm. husband's favorite book growing up. It means a lot to me actually as a parent. And then I'm also at we'll eat you up, we love you so on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm at storyteller, S T O R I T E L L E R, because that handle predates not just my blog, but predates Twitter itself. And I used it when I signed up for Twitter. So. Ah, okay. Was it like your baby center username or something? <laughs> no, it was my Hotmail email address when I was in 10th grade. <laughs> okay. Well, Shannon, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fancy Free Podcast. Wasn't Shannon great? I just loved her realistic approach to sustainability. You know, she realizes that you have to take a doable approach since we're doing this while we're managing all the other areas of our life. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 62 to get all of the links that we discussed today. If you haven't already listened to our 13 Crazy First Dates episode earlier in the season, there is a story about Shannon and a really cute first date situation that I think you'll really like. So make sure you visit fancyfreepodcast.com slash date three to listen to that episode. If you didn't have a chance to listen to last week's episode, episode number 61 with Mrs. Hughes, it is not to be missed. It was a really special interview. Mrs. Hughes is an amazing stand-up comedian who did stand-up comedy for 30 years, starting at the age of 40, and she and I laughed so much, and I learned so many interesting things from her that we also had a bonus episode midweek. So definitely go back and check out fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 61 and fancyfreepodcast.com slash bonus one zero. You are not going to want to miss those. They are awesome. Next week on the show, we have Rachel Shelb, who has a bunch of funny stories, some about parenting, one about sneaking around in the Washington Rotunda underground. <laughs> you got to come back for that. She's great. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. Also, I wanted to mention a blog post that I recently wrote called How to Make Sure You Get What You Need According to Your Love Language. I will link to that in the show notes, or you can find that at CozyClothesBlog.com. If you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, why don't you join the Fancy Free Facebook group? It's our private little slice of the internet, and the question of the week this week is, what is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you at or in a grocery store? I'd love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free podcast on Instagram and definitely share the show with a girlfriend. That is the best way to grow the show. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. <laughs>